Welcome to Life Church. We are an ex 242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. So it's our final, final Hebrews today. Not ever, because, you know, it's a good book. You should read it on your own. Um, Hebrews chapter 13 is where we're going to be. I'm going to read it through to us in a minute. Not all of it, just the, the bits I'm going to be looking at today. So I'll read it through in a moment. But I just wanted to say that we could happily spend the rest of this year in Hebrews 13. And as I was preparing, this was my problem. I could happily spend the rest of this year just in Hebrews 13, looking at the different things that happen in Hebrews 13 and the, um, the instructions that were given. But we've got 30 minutes-ish, so I can't really do that. Although, you know, we'll see what Jesus might, might have a different idea. <laughs> Can you imagine? It's 5 o'clock, we're still here looking at Hebrews 13. <laughs> oh, man. So we're going to be looking at spe- something specific in Hebrews chapter 13. And... Um, I don't know if you've ever visited parents or visited relatives, and as they're leaving, when I'm leaving, if I visit my mum, because she lives about two hours' drive away, as I'm leaving, she will say a phrase to me. She'll say two phrases to me. She'll say, remember to drive carefully, which is important because up until that point, I had totally forgotten to do that. But because she said, remember to drive carefully, it clicks in. I think, oh, yes. Thanks, mum. And then she says, remember to text me when you get home, because I'm a 50-year-old man, and I still have to text my mom to let her know when I've arrived where I'm going. It's that, it's that phrase, it's that word, remember, that I want us to think about. Because as I was reading through Hebrews chapter 13, that phrase, or the, kind of the, the idea of that phrase, kept popping out at me. And I thought, maybe this is what we need to look at today. And I was praying about this this morning. I said, Lord, what I have to say is just, it seems so practical. I just want there to be a sense of your spirit with us. And I mean, that's clearly already happened today. So I don't feel, I don't feel so bad anymore. The Lord is very kind to us. So we're going to be talking about the importance of remembering. So Hebrews, we've looked at Hebrews. I mentioned it already this morning. There's all this stuff that we've talked about in Hebrews. There's the priesthood of all believers, the fact that we are called uh, by God to do and say the things that He requires of us, that it isn't um, a specific group of people, a hierarchy where some people are really special and have a particular gift, and then everyone else is scrabbling around at the bottom. God has called all of us to speak and communicate. He has called all of us to do that. In different, in different environments, of course, but God has called all of us. We are all uh, part of the priesthood. And we've talked about how Jesus is greater than everything. So there's, there's lots of theological stuff that, that happens in the book of Hebrews. There's lots of encouragement. There's lots of reminders about who Jesus is, that He was our once-for-all sacrifice. And now we get to the end of the book of Hebrews, and it's like the author is saying, I've said all this stuff, here's what I want you to remember. These are the things I want you to remember. All of this stuff is good, and you must pay attention to it, but these are the things I want you to remember. And there's all of this stuff that is thrown out at us. So we're going to read from Hebrews uh, 13, from verse 1, all the way way down to verse 17. It says this, "'Keep on loving each other as brothers.'" 
I mean, I'm not even talking about that this morning, but there's the assumption that that's already happening because he says, keep on loving each other as brothers. I'll read, otherwise I'll stop every sentence. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so, some have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those in prison as if it were as if you were their fellow prisoners, and those who were ill-treated as if you yourselves were suffering. Marriage should be honored by all, with the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Keep your lives free from the love of money, and be content with what you have, because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid, What can man do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. It is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace, not by ceremonial foods, which are of no value to those who eat them. We have an altar from which those who minister at the tabernacle have no right to eat. The high priest carries the blood of animals into the most holy place as a sin offering, but the bodies are burned outside the camp. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. For here we do not have an enduring city, but we are looking for the city that is to come. Through Jesus, therefore, let us, continue, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confess His name. And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no advantage to you. So lots of stuff in there. Lots of stuff in there, but there are five specific times where he either uses the word remember. I said he. We don't know who the author of Hebrews is. So the person who wrote Hebrews says the word remember or the phrase do not forget or implies that he's, I've done it again, that he's reminding you of something that has already been said. So we're going to look at those five things and see how they impact our lives. It's very practical very practical things. The first thing that is said, remember, or it's said in the passage, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. Now, in in the time that this was written, there wasn't any premier inns or travel lodges or holiday, holiday inns. That's a thing, isn't it? There wasn't any of those options for people who were traveling. And so, um, the, the inns that they would have were notorious for if you stayed there, you had to keep all your belongings together because your stuff could be robbed. Uh, they were notorious for being immoral. And so, there was, there was a system in place, if you like, where if you went somewhere and you were a believer, you would look for someone else who was a believer. There was an understanding that if you were traveling, a believer would, would allow another believer to stay in their place. And so they would be able to stay safe. They'd know that they, they wouldn't be robbed at night. Well, they shouldn't be robbed at night or anything untoward happen. So there was a, an expectation and an understanding of hospitality. 
But here, we're being reminded, and by extension, we're being reminded to not forget to show hospitality to strangers. And this is specifically to, specifically written to believers. And so there's two things that we're being reminded of here. We have to be hospitable to those of us in the room today that we don't already know. Because if you don't know people in the room today, as much as they're a brother or sister to you, they're also a bit of a stranger to you. And so we have to be hospitable to each other. And so I am saying, the scripture is saying, we need to invite people to our homes. It's quite convenient that that's what we're doing next Sunday. Yeah, we need, we need to get to know each other. We need to show hospitality to each other. But there's also the sense that we need to show hospitality to people we don't know who are not here, who maybe we wouldn't call them a brother or sister in the Lord, who are complete strangers to us. We can still be kind to people and show them the love of Jesus. Do not forget to entertain strangers, it says in the New International Version, for by doing so, some have entertained angels without knowing it. I mean, that would be impressive, wouldn't it? It'd be cool. So, I encourage you, remember to show hospitality to strangers. First practical thing. Second practical thing, he says in Hebrews here, is in verse 3, remember those in prison as if you were their fellow prisoners and those who are ill-treated as if you yourselves were suffering. We are blessed where we live. We are. We are blessed where we live because so far it's not illegal to be a Christian. And so far it's not illegal to meet like we're meeting today, to sing, to talk about Jesus, to share life together. It's not an issue so far. Help us, Lord. But for lots of people around the world, this is an issue. It is an issue. And so the writer to the Hebrews is saying, hey, there are people who are in prison because of their faith, for the sake of the gospel, I want you to remember them. And there are people who are being mistreated, I want you to remember them. And so while it may not be the case that we actually know anyone who is in prison for their faith, or we actually don't know anyone who's being mistreated for their faith, I think this is an opportunity for us to recognize that we are part of a bigger picture. I mean, we're here in Cinnamon Brow, there are 70 odd of us here, and it is great what we experience together on a Sunday, and when we meet in life groups, and when we gather at different occasions, that is all good. But we are a tiny part of the global family of God. A tiny part of the global family. And we are brothers and sisters all over the world, and things aren't so great for some people. There's an organization called Open Doors, and they serve persecuted Christians in over 60 countries, working with churches and local partners. They have three purposes. Purpose one, provide Bibles and literature, media, leadership training, socioeconomic development, and intercessory prayer. Second, they prepare the body of Christ, living in threatened or unstable areas to face persecution and suffering. And third, educate and mobilize the body of Christ living in the free world, that's us, to identify with threatened and persecuted Christians and to be actively involved in assisting them. And they have a watch list that they update every year. The watch list basically looks across the world at countries where Christians are being persecuted and they rate them. And then they have trends that they release. So let me talk you through, through some trends today because we're told to remember those in prison and if it were, as if you were there, you were their fellow prisoners and those who are ill-treated. So here's the 2023 trends. This is current. North Korea is again number one on the world watch list. 
the place where Christians face the most persecution for following Jesus. The persecution score of 98 out of 100 is the highest a country has ever received in the world watch list research. It is terrifying and difficult to be a Christian in North Korea at the moment. 5,621 Christians were killed for their faith last year. So this is, we're not talking about Bible times, we're talking about now, okay? That is approximately 15 a day. Of these, 89% were in Nigeria. A shocking 5,014 believers were murdered in the country where violence continues to escalate. These are our brothers and sisters. In the past year, more than 2,000 churches and church buildings were attacked, looted, or forcibly closed. Almost half of these were in China, who's number 16 on the watch list. Many believers continue to meet in house churches or secretly to continue worshiping Jesus together. Around 140,000 Christians were displaced from their home or country for faith-related reasons in the past year, not including all those who were displaced for other reasons. Uh, persecution continues to worsen in Latin America. The region has seen the sharpest increase in persecution is Latin America. Four countries rising substantially, Mexico, Colombia, Cuba, and Nicaragua. They're all in the top 50 of the watch list for the first time. And then Comoros, along with Nicaragua, the other country entering the top 50 is Comoros, which has arisen 11 places. Uh, the nation has seen a rise in incidents of violence and increased pressure from government and in local communities. Remember, remember those in prison and those who are mistreated. It's very real. And so what I'd really like us to do right now, we're not going to wait till later, right now is just to take a moment to pray for our brothers and sisters across the world who are in difficult circumstances. And maybe you have connections in different countries where to be a Christian is difficult. Just have those people in your mind as we pray now. Jesus, we thank you for the freedom that we have here that I think, certainly I do, I think sometimes we take it for granted how free we have it. It's not easy sometimes, Lord, and some things can be difficult, but compared to what other people have to put up with, we have it relatively easy. And so, Lord, we, we obey the Scriptures this morning that, that asks us to remember our brothers and sisters in prison. And so we pray for people across the nations who are persecuted because of their love for you. Whether, whether they are in prison or they're fleeing or they're hiding, we just pray, God, that you will be with them. We thank you, Lord, that, that in, in, in the book of Acts, we see that, that as a church is persecuted, it continues to grow. Lord, nothing can stop your gospel from being spread. Nothing can stop your church from growing. But we pray your protection over their lives in Jesus' name. And I pray that you will, you will remind us to continual, continually lift them up before you, to encourage, as, to encourage ourselves to pray and to seek your face on their behalf. Lord, just as your scripture says, as if we were in prison with them, help us, Jesus, to remember those who are struggling and suffering because of their faith. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. Remember those in prison. The third thing that is said is verse 7. The third thing is said with the, with the word remember or the connotations to remember is remember your leaders. Remember your leaders. It's a bit odd for me to stand up and say all of this stuff because I'm talking about myself and the group of us who do this. But I can't shy away from the stuff that the Bible says. 
even if it's awkward. I can't just say, oh, we'll skip that bit because it's quite awkward for me to say, hey, remember me. But the Bible says this. The word used for remember has this, this sense, to be mindful of. Yeah. So when I'm saying remember your leaders, it's not, oh, yeah, we have leaders, great. That's, that's not the point. The point is to be mindful of, to think with intention towards. So how do you think about your leaders? Do you spend time praying for your leaders because Lord knows we need it? Do you respect what they say and how they live? It says in, uh, in verse 7, and I really, yeah, it's such a heavy verse. Consider the outcome of the, their way of life and imitate their faith. There's such a weight on people who lead, to lead in such a way that, that their lives are an example, that it isn't just the words that they speak, it's the way that they live that's an example. There is a weight for that. And so uh, we need to pray for our leaders to ensure that, that they have everything that they need as far as their connection to God is concerned so that they can lead effectively. Remember your leaders. Be mindful of your leaders. The, third thing, the fourth thing, sorry, he says, says in Hebrews, doesn't actually use the word remember, but every time in the New Testament, every time someone refers to an Old Testament thing, the context is, hey, do you remember that? So even if, even if the word remember is not used, every time there's a story told, or Jesus did this, or this is what happened in the Old Testament, the idea being communicated is, Remember that, and then apply it to where we are now. And so here in, in uh, verse, verse 10, I think it is, it says, and it seems quite complicated, so let me read it again. We have an altar from which those who minister at the tabernacle have no right to eat. The high priest carries the blood of animals into the most holy place as a sin offering, but the bodies are then burned outside the camp. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. For here we do not have an enduring city, but we're looking for the city that is to come. And so the writer to Hebrews is saying, do you remember, do you remember the whole thing about Jesus? And then remember what happened in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, they would offer sacrifices uh, to God. And then they would take the bodies of those animals and burn them outside the camp. And in fact, if you read the book of Leviticus, I know that when you get to it in your daily devotions, you're very tempted to skip it and to move on because there's so many strange rules about mildew and, and all sorts of, of very interesting things. But the whole idea, and you will see this repeated throughout in the book of Leviticus, if anything was unclean, what had to happen? It had to be taken outside the camp. Anything that was unclean had to be taken outside the camp. And there were specific instructions for how long particular things or people needed to be outside the camp before they could be let back inside the camp once they'd not been unclean anymore and now they're clean. There were so many rules about what, um, what was clean and what was not clean. And if anything was unclean, it had to be outside the camp. But the writer to the Hebrews here identifies Jesus as someone who went outside the camp. He says, and so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make people holy through his own blood. He's making the point that Jesus identifies with all the things that are unclean. And because of his blood, he makes us clean. 
And so here's what we need to do. We need to remember what Jesus did. We need to remember what Jesus did. And then we're, we're, we're kind of encouraged through Jesus, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confess his name. And in verse 13 before that it says, let us then go to him outside the camp. What we have here is really good. I love being at Cinnamon Brow. But there are people outside the camp who need to know what Jesus did. They need to know what Jesus did. There are people outside this camp who do not understand that Jesus has died on the cross, rose again from, the de from, from, dead, from death, so that everything that is unclean that we have done can be wiped away. And people outside the camp need to know that. And I think the writer to the Hebrews, even though there is this encouragement about remember what Jesus did, there's also this sense that let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. Let us have that sense that he did this for us. Let me tell you what he did for us. Remember what Jesus did and take that outside of the camp. You have to also remember that there are lots of people who thought they were inside the camp who had discussions with Jesus and shunned Jesus. And in my, in my daily readings in the last couple of weeks, there's been, for some reason, I've come across loads of these encounters where Jesus had an encounter with, with Pharisees or groups of teachers who, who would just, just couldn't understand who he was, just refused to understand who he was, refused to engage with the things that Jesus was saying. And there was this sense of superiority, this sense of we are children of Abraham, this sense of we follow the law and you don't, this sense of we are inside the camp and you are not. And they shunned Jesus and they missed who he was. They missed who he was. Let us remember what Jesus did for us. Finally, it says in, <coughs> down the end somewhere, where is it? It says, remember to do good and to share. Remember to do good and to share. Verse 16, remember to do good and to share with others. Now, I love this. Because it doesn't say, remember, to spend time finding out what your ministry is. And then, once you've discovered what your ministry is, give your life to your ministry. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say, remember to preach the gospel on the streets. It doesn't say that. It says, remember to do good. I love that. Because we can do that. We can do good. It's not hard to do good. It's not hard on a daily basis to make good decisions. It's not hard on a daily basis to, to do something that is good. Now, all the other things are important. It is important to know what your ministry is. It is important to preach the gospel on the streets. It is important to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. All of that is important. But the writer to Hebrews is saying, hey, remember, do what is good. Do what is good and share what you have with others. I'm encouraged by that. In fact, in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, Peter is having a discussion with some people and he refers to Jesus and he says exactly this, which is encouraging to us really. He says, he's talking about Jesus. 
he says, um, you know, verse 37, you know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. He went around doing good. And if it was good enough for Jesus, he's good enough for us. Remember to do good and to share. Let's not be people who are, who are so, um, so grabby, so I'm going to hold on to this stuff. I'm going to hold on to what I have. Let's be people who are willing to share what we have with others. For with such sacrifices, it says, God is pleased. God is pleased with you when you share what you have. God is pleased with you when you do something that's good. Yesterday, Ethan and I were in town, and both of us walked past a piece of litter on the floor. I remember it well. It was a, a McDonald's thing that holds the fries. Someone had the fries and chucked it on the floor. And I walked past it, and Ethan walked past it, and I turned around to pick it up, but I was too late because Ethan was already there. God likes this stuff. I want you to know that because that was a good thing to do. Now, I'm not saying I've, I've changed my ministry. Tomorrow, I'm going to be out litter picking because this is my new ministry. But in that moment, in that moment, I saw that something needed to be done. And I knew that it was a good thing to do. But Ethan got to me, so he got the blessing. But I'm talking about it in front of you all. So he loses his blessing, so that's all right. <coughs> it's simple to do good. And I want to encourage us to be people who do good. So the five things, to recap, and then I'm going to pray for us. Five things that the writer to the Hebrews encourages us to remember. First, remember to show hospitality to strangers. Invite someone to your home next Sunday. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be a big organized thing. It doesn't have to be a roast dinner. It can be cheese on toast. Lisa and I were talking in the car this morning. I remember hearing a preacher, it must be 20 years ago, talking about, listen, it's not hard to get people into your house. It's not hard to meet with people. You don't have to make a big meal. You just get a block of cheese and some bread, and you make some cheese on toast. That'll be great. It's easy to do. And we're talking about it this morning because cheese is quite expensive. <laughs> so, so it's not as straightforward as it used to be back when we first heard that story. Cheese is expensive now. But it's not difficult, is it? I think sometimes we, we make it difficult for ourselves because we want to present ourselves in a particular way. I, and I understand that. But actually, what's important? Is it important that we have a five-course meal, or is it important that we get to share the love of Jesus with each other? That's what's important. And so we can do that over a cup of tea. We can do that with a, a slice of toast with no cheese. We could do that with anything. But I want to encourage us, show hospitality to each other. Remember those in prison and those who are mistreated. If you want any more, any, any more information about that kind of stuff, I encourage you to check Open Doors out. They have a website. It's very helpful. Um, remember your leaders. Much appreciated that. There, there's, there's sometimes where I think of the people who have had an influence on me and who have led me in a particular way. And I will take time out of my day to, to send them an email or to send them a message. I don't do it as often as I should, to be honest. But I will do that because I know how important encouragement is. And I'll say, hey, I remember when you said this, and it, was very, it helped me in a particular way. I just want to acknowledge that. It was very good. It's very good to do that. 
Number four, remember what Jesus did. If you forget anything else I say today, please remember what Jesus did. Remember what Jesus did for us and continue, continue to remember what Jesus did. And then the final thing is to remember to do what is good and to share what you have. So I want us to just bow our heads for a moment. <coughs> I'm going to pray over us in a minute, but I just, I just want you to sit like we did a couple of weeks ago in silence for a second and just say, God, what is it I need to do? What is it I need to do? We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarrington.com.